while many things are similar, all things are not comparable. Let's use an apple, orange, and banana as an example. An apple and an orange are both circular but the banana is not. Considering this, it means they are not comparable. It is true that all of them are fruit. We can compare the orange to the apple based on shape, size, both having appeal. To compare the banana to the orange or the apple we may find similarity but it would be unfair to compare them because there are more differences than similarities. It's unfair to taste the orange and determine that it's the best fruit without having tasted the other two. It is also unfair, without having tasted the apple and banana, that you decide you hate them. The state the current world is in is territory that many, if not all of us, have never navigated before. It is also bringing with it the painful awareness of the things that have always been taking place but we missed because of the nature of our lives being so busy. With this comes much heated debate and reacting from a place of emotion. This isn't bad or wrong, truthfully it is quite understandable. Where this becomes problematic is when our feelings, opinions, or experiences seem to or come across as overriding that of others. During COVID-19 and the protests on racism, I've taken to my platforms and used my voice to bring forth knowledge on these things from the perspective of a disabled person. Let me state this very clearly I am not against Black Lives Matters. I am aware of many of the flaws in the system and the effects it has on the Black community. But, I am not going to ignore the many ways each of these shows up for and how they affect disabled people. Illness and disability don't give a damn what color you are or the impact it has on your life. It does, may and can affect all people. So, yes, I may comment on someone's post who is white and offer a disabled person's perspective on something they shared or point out how it's forgotten, discriminatory, or offensive to disabled people. This may become heated especially as a white person commenting on a post relating to a disabled person who is black or those that are non-disabled. I am also going to do that on someone's post if the person is black who is or isn't disabled and the post is or isn't relating to something regarding skin color and disability. Can I be sure 100% that a person is or isn't disabled while connecting online? No not at all. But, both able-bodied and disabled people are capable of being rude and offensive or insensitive. While I am sharing issues related to disabled people you will notice, if you follow me, that I share disabled and non-disabled related content on the topic of racism. I also share a white and black person perspective on COVID as a disabled person. I also share how what is going on in the world currently with able-bodied people relating the protest and racism is and can be discriminating toward a disabled person. Why? Because I am all too well aware that disability affects each of us differently yet the same. I am not more or less disabled by my spina bifida because I am white. The same is true for someone who is black with spina bifida they are not any more or less affected by their spina bifida for being black. Many white people with spina bifida are more or less impacted by the disability than I am. Many black people with spina bifida are more or less impacted by it than others who are black with spina bifida. We are all more or less impacted by it regardless of the color of our skin. The same is true for any illness or disability. I share this point of view on many posts on both Facebook and Twitter regarding many topics of interest I have. Doing this has resulted in me becoming no stranger to the many people who feel hurt by this. I can often automatically tell by their reaction and response they are able-bodied people. The thing that gets me is the lack of awareness of my feelings, experience and their unwillingness to step back to see what they didn't know or what they may gain rather than debating over two issues that have nothing to do with each other, before making a comment, or commenting something that can be hurtful or doesn't relate. The reality is that being able-bodied and disabled are two vastly different lived experiences. They don't cancel each other out and they don't have to. Yet, many able-bodied people feel the need to jump in and correct thoughts, 
and feelings of a disabled person as if to say we don't understand or get it because we didn't mention XYZ, therefore, need clarification or to be called out or corrected for not understanding as if we are misunderstanding but the reality is the opposite. It might be well intended but feeds into the stereotype around disability that we are less than others, unable to learn or understand the world around us while we are seen in all ways as incapable including of having independent thought and feelings. While white people have a history and black people have a history so do disabled people. The latter is the most likely to be invalidated, unaccepted, with nothing or very little acknowledged or known about it. We should be talking about racism and the many ways black people are affected. We need to acknowledge white privilege and that the system needs to be changed because it has many flaws. We also need to hear, respect the voices of disabled people, the many layered issues they deal with, and their history. We need to be willing to listen and learn from them as having the lived experiences rather than being quick to judge and correct. Recently, I saw a post on social media, in the form of a meme, and it was relating to racism while referencing a disabled person as well. It began with the heading IT's no accident that and ends with racism is perpetuated by people who refuse to learn or acknowledge this reality. In the middle, there is a list of several examples given all connected to racism slash white privilege slash inaccuracies in history. I am not going to get into all of them but I do need to address the first item on this list because while on the surface it looks like a great example for white privilege seeming to support the idea that white history is more important than black it's ill-informed and misleading. It says you learn about Helen Keller instead of W.E.B. Dubois. Let's explore this further by first putting it into context adding the whole statement together. It's no accident, heading, you learn about Helen Keller instead of W.E.B. Dubois. Example, racism is perpetuated by people who refuse to learn or acknowledge this reality. Ending, this seems like a harmless comparison and admittedly I know more about Helen Keller than I do about W.E.B. Dubois. I had to do a little research to see what each of them has in common if anything before writing this post. When seeing this statement in full do you see how that comes across as offensive when reading it? What is it that you see being implied? Both Helen and W.E.B. were born in the 1800s. They both attended higher level education and both went on to become activists. Helen for changes in how the world viewed deafblind into developing ways to help them in the way she had been helped as well as work on women's issues. W.E.B. developed programs to assist his black community. They both help their minority communities in great ways. Both of them have biographical books as well. Those things can be compared and contrasted equally and fairly. However, both people are not equal and the comparison them to prove white privilege or the importance of white over black history is distorted. Helen had a focus on deaf-blind people which is nothing related to color and can affect anyone whereas W.E.B. had a focus on the black community. So, why do you know Helen Keller but are less or unfamiliar with W.E.B. Dubois? One would assume by the meme that it is because Helen is white and W.E.B. is black. I am not going to get into debating or deny that because it is true that one is white and the other is black. Though misguided, that is evidence enough to prove white privilege and the importance of white history over black. What I do fully intend on doing is shedding some light on the subject and pointing out things that were overlooked but make an extreme difference. Helen was known to all as disabled while W.E.B. to my knowledge was not. Many disabled people were locked away in institutions never having hope or the chance of becoming anything and being left to die. They were disregarded and seen as being unable to contribute to the world in any meaningful way. Many were forced into reproductive sterilization so that there wouldn't be any more reproduction of retards plus anyone looking to be intimate with them was likely someone that took advantage of and raped them resulting in pregnancy. Granted black people were enslaved, which can be comparable to being institutionalized, hung from a tree which is again comparable to being left to die in an institution, picked cotton, 
or were house help that tended to every need of all family members and cared for children, were disrespected and treated unfairly. They have never been seen as unable or incapable of contributing to the world. I'm not saying any of those things were right to do to a black person because they were not. What I am saying is the things we are comparing here are very generalized things to compare when you consider that W.E.B. Dubois was well-educated and did so on his merit having a different lived experience unlike what we know many black people as having of the time. When we look at Helen, Annie, the able-bodied well-educated tutor, was the one who got the praise for what Helen accomplished. I knew there were movies of the early years of Helen Keller's life but was unaware of just how many there were. In my digging around I found out there were eight. The one well known to many is most likely the one titled The Miracle Worker which is all about the early life of Helen and Annie Sullivan who was Helen's tutor. That particular movie was re-released two times after the original with the latest adaptation being in 2000. One of the earlier ones had Patty Duke and Melissa Gilbert portraying Annie and Helen. Each movie cuts off as Helen becomes an adult without mention of what she was able to accomplish as an adult, which briefly appear in the ending credits of the recent adaptation. They are centered around Annie, the tutor, who was able to teach the monster child to become a civilized human being. There are additional full-length movies that are biographical dramas as well as many documentaries featuring real-life Helen and Annie. I was only able to find one full-length movie on the life of W.E.B. Dubois. What does that tell you about why we may know Helen more than we know W.E.B.? The unfortunate reality is we don't know him because he was just a run-of-the-mill, ordinary, able-bodied, black man that accomplished great things. Helen died never knowing the great impact she would have on the world but lived in the shadow of Annie, the able-bodied person who was able to turn her from a monster to a civil human being. That very thing created a narrative that still exists when it comes to able-bodied people in the lives of disabled people. What made Helen so well-known and drew attention was the tamed monster image. Crowds came because crowds wanted entertainment. They wanted a glimpse of the tamed monster who put her fingers in people's mouths or on their faces using her fingers to talk. She was seen as a freak on display. Nobody gathered around Helen interested in what she had to say, by being inspired to help make a change, or amazed by what she was doing or accomplish. That's the reality of why Helen Keller is known to people when W.E.B. Dubois is not. This is also the reason why the two cannot be truly compared or used as an example to imply white privilege or the importance of white history over black.